Hello, this is Bill Lytell <clears throat> one more time with some uh, wisdom for your walk. Today I want to deal with the subject of inerrancy of the Bible. A greatly uh, misunderstood subject as well as extremely complicated subject that in a 10-minute podcast could not... I mean, all I can do is just give you generalities and big picture items. There's a book written by uh, Gleason L. Archer called the Encyclopedia of Bible Difficulties. And in this particular book, uh, Brother Archer does a tremendous job on the subject of infallibility. A statement he makes is, and it's, I believe to be absolutely true, there can be no infallibility without inerrancy. Now, when I speak of inerrancy, and I can help you with this, the, the Islamics attack the Bible, the King James Bible, and other Bibles, uh, English Bibles, because of some uh, number discrepancies uh, that they find in the Old Testament. And so they have a little numerical discrepancy here, a numerical discrepancy there, uh, spelling discrepancies from version to version or something like that. And they say, consequently, the Bible's not inerrant. Now, their definition of inerrancy is without error in absolutely every 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 avenue, spelling, punctuation, typographical errors, and things like that. That never has been the uh, definition of inerrancy in evangelical Christianity or Orthodox Christianity, fundamental Christianity. Uh, we believe in infallible Bible without error. In, within with inerrancy, no er, no no error as to doctrine, fact, history, or science. Uh, let, let me read you a quote: If the statements it contains, a Bible that is concerning matters of history and science, can be proven by extra biblical records, in other words, by things outside of the Bible, by ancient documents recovered from archaeological digs, or by established facts of modern science to be contrary to the truth, then there is a grave doubt as to its trustworthiness, that is, the Bible's trustworthiness, in matters of religion. In other words, he says, if the biblical record can be proved fallible in areas of fact that can be verified, then it is hardly a trusted in, then it can be hardly trusted to be trusted in areas where it cannot be tested. As far as the witness of God goes, the Bible would be discredited as untrustworthy. Uh, I'm, the very basis of, of inerrancy is, is uh, the, the uh, genuine uh, trustworthiness of the facts the Bible talks about the doctrine the Bible talks about, the historical things the Bible talks about, and the scientific things the Bible talks about are absolutely accurate and have been proven accurate. Now we're talking 2022 A.D. For you listening to this, of course, we're in this more this time frame where the Bible's been around over 3,500 years from 14, oh, anywhere between 1446 B.C. to 1406 B.C., God used Moses to write the first five books of the Bible. Then the Bible was written after that. The last book of the Old Testament was written about 400 B.C., 400, I think 25 B.C. And there, then there was about 400, just about 400 years of silence where there was no word from God. And then the New Testament picks up, of course, with the angel coming to Mary 
and Joseph and tell them what's going to happen there, that Christ has come to be born. And then we have the four Gospels. You have the book of Acts, the church, and all that goes on in the first hundred years of the church. Then from Romans to the book of Jude, you basically have how to live the Christian life. Uh, those are the how-to books of, of the New Testament. And then in the book of Revelation, what's coming, the end of all things, and how they're going, how it's going to end. And so we have a tremendous... Let me say this. If there were errors in the Bible that were factually provable, they would have been proven a long time ago. They would have been made obvious by the enemies of the Bible. You've got to ask yourself some logical questions. Does the Bible have enemies? My goodness, we've got enemies. We're, the Hindus are our enemy, enemies of the Bible, I should say. Uh, the Islamics are enemies of the Bible. Uh, and any other religion out there that says they're the way to God uh, are enemies of the Bible as they contradict it. And if they can disprove it in any way, uh, then, then they become exalt themselves as the only true religion. But that's been going on now in our time here in 2022. That's been going on for about 3,500 years. you got to ask yourself the question, after 3,500 years, uh, if there has not been any uh, error, or factual error, historical error, or scientific error found in the Bible, or doctrinal error, then there is no error there. Uh, even even the new stuff, years ago when I was a kid, the, the scientists said, aha, we've proven the Bible, we've proven the Bible wrong. We found out there is no such thing as um, a certain uh, group of people that they had uh, never found, I mentioned in the Bible, they'd never have found any archaeological evidence of existing. And it was just a, a short 30, 40 years down the road, they found out that that was one of the larger kingdoms of ancient history as they began to find archaeological digs stating and talking about them. And so every time, maybe for a short period of time, science comes up to some idea that, ah, we've discovered something that this Bible is untrue or not factual about. But as time goes on so far in my life even, everything that they said wasn't true eventually got proved to be the Bible was true and they were wrong. And so uh, it's, it's interesting to note that, and I just want to believe. The foundation of all New Testament believers is that Jesus Christ is our example. He was God manifest in the flesh. The deity of Jesus Christ is one of the foundational doctrines of the New Testament. I, I don't have time, of course, to prove all that. I just got to accept that through other means of history and, and looking down through the Word of God. Jesus uh, was no less than God. No greater than God, no less than God. It is said in Colossians, he made all things, by him all things consist. In John chapter 8, he said he was the I am of Exodus chapter 3, verse 14 in the burning bush. And so, and just so on and so on, just over and over again, we find that testified in the New Testament. Now, the Jehovah's Witnesses do not believe that. The Mormons do not believe it. The Seventh-day Adventists don't believe it like, we, like the Bible teaches it. They pervert it, and that's why they're considered cults. So let me give you uh, real quickly here, if I can, six things that the Lord Jesus uh, in his uh, time on earth verified of the Old Testament that were true. Um, first of all, he, he believed in the historicity of Adam. He believed that Adam existed. When he quoted and talked about, he goes all the way back and quotes Genesis 1.27, Found in Matthew chapter 19, verse 5. 
He believed in the rescue of Noah and his family from the flood by means of the ark in Matthew chapter 24, verse 38 and 39. He believed in the literal accuracy of Moses' interview with God at the burning bush, according to Matthew chapter 22, verse 32. He believed in the feeding of Moses' congregation by manna from heaven. Uh, he believed in the manna, the 40 years that they were fed in John chapter 6, verse 49. He believed in the historicity and the actual fact of those things. Number five, the historicity of Jonah's deliverance after three days in the belly of the whale, he believed. Matthew chapter 12, verse 40. The repentance of the pagan population of Nineveh at the preaching of Jonah, he believed. Uh, in Matthew chapter 12, verse 41. Nothing could be clearer than our divine Savior believed in the literal truthfulness of the entire Old Testament record whether their accounts dealt with doctrinal matters, matters of science, or matters of history. He who refuses to go along with the Lord in this judgment stands guilty of asserting that God can err. And, of course, if Jesus is God, uh, then he could not err because God cannot err, one of the foundational beliefs of the born-again believer and the Christian uh, faith. And so I hope this helps you some. Um, the Bible, you can, you can, so I was a young man, 18 years old when I got right with God and began to read the Bible and trust in it, began to lean on it. I am now 70, about years, 70 years old. And I can tell you this, in all these years of study, and I have studied and I have read books contrary to, contradictory to the Bible. In other words, they, they were attacking the Bible. And I have never found anything in the Bible that is not true to fact, is not historically true, scientifically true, and doctrinally true. The Word of God. Now, there are inerrancy. Inerrancy, by our definition, by evangelical definition, does not include punctuation, spelling, or typographical errors. From copy to copy to copy, there have been some typographical errors. Let me give you an example. If in John, if somebody wrote John three sixteen and he misspelled the word the, or maybe mis, uh, left left a letter off of one of those words but you could easily read it, would not change the meaning of John 3.16 to have a punctuational error, typographical error, or to have a spelling error. It would not change the meaning. And what we find in copies of the Bible through the centuries is they find some, some punctuational error. They find some, uh, sometimes a number error. Uh, sometimes you find typographical errors. But how do we know what's true? Well, because there's over 13,000 between Latin and Greek manuscripts of the New Testament alone, 13,000 various copies or parts of the New Testament that you can go back and look at and compare. And with those comparisons, you can put together all, you can oh, that was a, that was a typographical error there. That was a punctuational error there. Because in, a, in 500 copies, it appears this way. And in that one or two copies, there was a punctuational error or a typographical error or a spelling error or something like that. So inerrancy in the Word of God does not involve, it does not involve um, typographical things and punctuational things and spelling things. Don't let anybody bring into that trap and say, well, the Word of God can't have even a spelling error in it. Uh, God allowed those things, but he left us with enough manuscripts and enough called the received text which was a collection of, of manuscripts going all the way back into 200 A.D. And this, uh, 
this was they can be put together and made when we have and our people have scholars have made sure the Bible is absolutely pure. We have in our in our hand today out of every one thousand words of the of the Bible, nine hundred and ninety nine words are exactly what the original said, uh, put together by comparison. That one word may be due to spelling or due to punctuation or due to something like that, which has no effect upon the doctrine of the Word of God. We have the Word of God. I'm confident in that. I lay my soul upon that. I hope you will too. And you'll be open-minded and look at it, challenge it, prove it. God is so. May the Lord help you a little wisdom for your walk.